The NBA is back, baby. Two games on national TV, plus more Ben Simmons drama. We're going to talk about it all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, NBA. Welcome back to you who makes the Locked On NBA podcast your first listen every day. Really do appreciate you doing that. Lockdown NBA free, available on all platforms, including YouTube. Joining me today, Tony East of the Lockdown Pacers podcast. I'm John Corrales of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Tony, we're talking actual, honest to goodness, real basketball that counts. Although it probably didn't look like that for about 70% of the time tonight. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, a junk time in both of these games. Uh, to be fair, the second game, there was less junk time, and yet somehow it felt like there was more junk time. It was a very ugly basketball game. You could tell it was the first game of the season for two teams that changed up their rosters quite a bit. So it was very fun to see games that counted and, and see teams giving it their all, especially because it was four teams that have title aspirations this season. We have two games tonight we'll talk about. Well, first of all, we'll talk about Ben Simmons in the third segment. We'll talk about Lakers and Warriors in the second segment, let's give the, the defending champs their due. Let's give Milwaukee and Brooklyn first billing here on the Lockdown NBA podcast. Milwaukee ended up running away with this. It was 127-104 was the final. It was a little closer. I felt like this whole game was basically a 13-point game for Milwaukee, but Milwaukee made their runs. Brooklyn made their runs. Uh, obviously, the star of this game was Jordan Nuora. I mean, he was the only guy that you could talk about, right? He he, was the, he, he was is the in my notes. He stood out to me enough to make my notes, so I, I guess we could talk about Jordan Wara. But, I mean, yeah, we got to start with uh, potential MVP candidate. Not even potential. Definitely MVP candidate. Finals MVP. The guy coming into this season. I mean, Giannis was ridiculous, as expected, right? We saw the clips of him hitting the jumpers in the preseason. You always wonder how that stuff's going to translate for him. But he always is adding a little bit to his game and Came out just with a huge performance, 32 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, hit a huge 3 early to get the Fiserv form bumping, get the Bucks fans into the game. Not that they needed to be because it was a ring night, but yeah, he was ridiculous. He dominated like he always does. His defense was awesome, right? Only a few guys could get going at all for the Nets. I mean, it's just ridiculous how good he is and how good he can make the Bucks when he's at his best. Um, He's better. Than he was last year, I think. Like, we might, it's one game. I don't want to overreact to 31 minutes of basketball because you can certainly have, like, hey, he was, he was amped up. It was ring night. He wasn't about to let Brooklyn come in there and steal the thunder on ring night. But man, he looked like even better than I remember Giannis. He just putting his head down and blowing past people, running through people, rebounding like a maniac. And he had five offensive rebounds. I think four of them came on one possession, though. Uh, he, he was he was doing everything. I think, like you mentioned, that jumper looks a little smoother, which, hey, he's he's just entering his prime. He's still adding to his game, like you said. If, he, if that jumper actually – we say this every year, don't we? If that jumper starts falling for, for Giannis, then <laughs> – Man, watch out, forget it, shut down the league. But I think we're a little bit closer to that. He actually was seven of nine from the free throw line. He unveiled that new like five second free throw routine. If this is the Giannis that we're going to see all season, then then seriously shut it down MVP season for him. 
Yeah, and he got his teammates involved too, right? Seven assists for him is a big deal, and he's going to draw the attention of defenses every night when he plays like this. But if if he can continue to, and he was good at this last year, but if he is adding skills and he can continue to be a playmaker that makes life easier for other guys, right? We jokingly brought up Nuora, but I mean he had 15 points for a reason. Giannis makes life easier for all these guys. So everybody really, like Pat Connaughton had 20 points. Grayson Allen, his first Bucks game had 10. You know, we, we're seeing how all the other Bucks can do their job at the highest level because Giannis is so good. And him showing it off on ring night uh, for the Bucks, huge celebration for Milwaukee. It was just, it was just a perfect night for this team to, to come out and just beat the doors off of a, a contender in their conference. Yeah, and when you... I think from a Milwaukee perspective, and I'm sure they'll get into this on Locked On Bucks, uh, when you see guys like Moira come in and Pat Connaughton, Pat Connaughton cutting wonderfully off of of uh, Giannis, you know, getting getting those passes from Giannis, and, and Connaughton getting to the rim a lot. When when those guys can do what they're doing, if they're able to do that consistently throughout the season – then you can keep Giannis's minutes down to around 31, Chris Middleton's minutes down to like 31. If that's what Milwaukee can do for the first few months of the season, that's going to be huge because of the short turnaround. We should mention Drew Holiday did not uh, – he only played 18 minutes because of a heel thing. They said he's fine. Uh, let's shift this over to the Brooklyn side. And obviously we were joking around before we were recording – uh, what which Kyrie Irving headline is it going to be? Do they not miss Kyrie Irving at all, or do they desperately need Kyrie Irving? On the scale of desperately need, please get vaccinated too. Nah, we're cool. Where where do they fall in your opinion? Uh, very much closer to the former. If we had to do a huge overreaction to one game where they 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 quite need him. I mean, they started Harden at the one effectively, right? Which is probably the best plan they have to get around it. And Harden. Uh, was was pretty good, I thought, on offense at least. His defense was very, very rough. Uh, a lot of nets particularly rough on defense in this game. But yeah, Harden was fine on offense and controlling like he always is uh, in a good way. Controlling sounds like a, a, a negative word. And Durant was excellent. They fit well together. And, and Patty Mills came in as the lead ball handler, which he was supposed to back up Irving, and he had an incredibly good game, right? So in terms of filling Irving's role specifically, yeah, they, you know, they did an okay job with it, but they just got smoked by the best team in their conference. So you obviously would like more star power when that's the case. And Kyrie Irving is very good. So not to harp on that storyline too much since it's been beaten to death. But uh, yeah, it looks like uh, they could use more good players. <laughs> more good players are good. Uh, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists for Kevin Durant. 20 points, 8 assists, 8 rebounds for James Harden. Uh, interesting uh, choices made by Steve Nash who did not play Bruce Brown uh, until the very end, who did not play Cam Thomas until the end. Did not play, uh, but he did play LaMarcus Aldridge, who looked very much like a guy who hadn't played in a long time and is coming off of a you know, a, a heart scare. So they, they didn't get – we're talking about Milwaukee getting contributions from their, their role players. Patty Mills counts as that, and, and he really kept them close, seven of seven from three. But – you know, Joe Harris didn't give them much. Blake Griffin didn't give them anything. Uh, you only got your contributions from Harden, Mills, and Durant. And the only only other guy in double figures was Nick Claxton, who I think uh, six of his buckets, I think five of them were assisted by by James Harden. So, yeah, I, again, don't let, we're not going to overreact to Brooklyn. Like they'll figure it out. This is it feels like just a 
first game of the season, we're, we're, we're working through the kinks here. We were planning on having Kyrie, and now we don't. So we're going to work through some stuff. Yeah, I think you nailed the story of the game to me, even beyond not having Kyrie, is that the Bucks role players were excellent. Home court game, high energy from ring night. The Nets role players were not very good. Joe Harris continuing to not look very good with this Nets team after that playoffs last year. I keep wanting him to finally be that sharpshooter. Again, he hit three threes, but his impact isn't really felt to me. And, you know, I messaged you during the game, but their rotation was weird. No Cam Thomas, no Bruce Brown, who was excellent for them last year at times. Paul Millsap played in the first quarter, and then did, did we see him again for the last three quarters of that basketball game? I think he only finished with about five minutes. So, yeah, they, they did not get enough from their role, guys, statistically and just in general. And the minutes were a little funky. I think that Steve Nash will have to be be tinkering with that because they got it from, from Mills and Harden and Durant, who are going to be awesome for them almost all the time. They just need other guys to be better. It does raise questions about Millsap and Aldridge and how much they're really going to give – the Nets this year, the, the, these guys just don't have a whole lot left. And, and like I said, with, with Aldridge especially, I, I mean, I'm, I'm scared when I watch Aldridge out there. Uh, I want to make sure that he's okay. But it's not like he was able to sit around and stay in NBA shape. I think he needs extended time to, to be anything of a contributor here. So Brooklyn, I, they're, they're in let's figure it out mode. Uh, let's check back in with them in a few weeks. John, I have a question about the Brooklyn Nets. Is Kevin Durant still on their roster? Yes. Okay, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. There you go. (laughs) That's that's basically what it boils down to. Uh, How does how does Kevin Durant have a quiet thirty two? I felt like I know it's thirty two and eleven. By the way, it's ridiculous how good he is, and it's just like ho hum. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's put a bow on that game. Milwaukee uh, does what they need to do at home, wins 127-104. Golden State 121-114 winners over the Lakers. Going to talk about that when we come back. First, I got to tell you about Sweat Block. You know, we've been talking about Sweat Block for a while here, and these are the wipes that stop sweat for seven days. Uh, people, I've gotten messages. Somebody talked to me about you know worked perfectly for him after five days we've had people who listen to the show watch the show uh, like a high school teacher who said he needed to change change shirts between classes because he sweats so much if you heard about sweat block tried it he's hooked he doesn't need to do that anymore no more snide comments from from the students there's a hollywood producer who works on the set of a marvel movie 18 hour days in atlanta heat she used sweat block no more sweaty production days in even passed it along to an A-list actor who uses it to stay dry on set and on the red carpet, which is pretty cool. A soccer player who heard us talking about Sweat Block, who thought it was too good to be true, and put it on, then came out of practice dry, so kind of showing off for his teammates. He says he didn't have to reapply for nine days, so you can stop excessive sweat for up to seven days per use. It's a wipe that you put on at night. In the morning, you wash it off, and it should work for you. Created by a doctor, recommended by a doctor, and there's a dry shirt guarantee. If it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. So go to sweatblock.com, get 20% off with the promo code locked on. It's guaranteed. So give it a shot, or you can pick some up at Amazon or CVS. Hey, thanks for making the Lockdown NBA podcast your first listen every day. We'll get to the Ben Simmons stuff 
in the next segment. Why don't you make your second listen one of the Locked On podcasts that covers every team in the NBA, like Tony's Locked On Pacers or my Locked On Celtics. Whatever team you want to get the latest insider info on, check it out. It's on the Locked On Podcast Network. Maybe your favorite team or maybe the team your favorite team is playing. Check out all the Locked On podcasts out there. All right. Warriors, 121-114 winners in L.A. Uh, It was basically all L.A. in the first half, then all Warriors in the second half. And some dude named Steph Curry drops a triple-double, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, But I think the big story here, aside from Steph, was Jordan Poole in the second half. Uh, He finished the game with 20 points, 3 assists, a couple of rebounds. Jordan Poole in in that mix for a lot of people are, are picking him for most improved player, Tony. Uh, he comes in and, and kind of shows why. A little slow start. The shooting percentage is at 44% overall, 4 of 11 uh, overall from three. But the second half, when when the Warriors were turning it around, when the Warriors were making their late run in the fourth quarter, Poole was at the center of it. Yeah, not only was Poole at the center of that run, Steph Curry was on the bench, right? So he was taking over in a moment where it looked like, I think it was almost tied at the point when Steph came out. And then Poole was awesome and hitting all these shots early in the fourth quarter to really give the Warriors and extend their their lead from two to whatever they got it up to during that run. And, and you know, he was scoring from all over, driving to the basket. But what made that unit really impressive is they were getting a lot of good connecting play from Nemanja Bialica. I mean, that was like the best he's looked in. Two or three seasons in the league. Yeah. He looked tremendous yeah. in that fourth quarter. Andrew Wiggins Good. hit some big shots with that second unit. But yeah, Poole is just finishing plays left and right. Actually made some nice defensive plays as well. He looked very good. And the people who prophesized his big jump this season looking very smart on the first night of the season. Yeah, big fourth quarter performances. Look at this. Jordan Poole with seven. Bielitsa with seven. Damian Lee with seven. Wiggins with five. I mean, Curry had five. Yeah, and Iguodala had four. But like... Big performances from the other guys, and and that's super super important, obviously, for the Warriors as they wait for Clay Thompson to come back uh, and and try to figure figure out where they stand in the in the Western Conference. But yeah, Pool Bielitsa made making those nice plays, like you mentioned. This was an all around uh, pretty good uh, Warriors performance. All right, that's nice. People like you know, okay. Warriors, whatever, get to the Lakers stuff because that's what everybody wants to listen to, right? Yeah. We'll okay. What, what did Russell? What did Russell Westbrook look like? If you didn't see it, uh, bad is the answer. Trash. I mean, uh, a minus twenty three, a minus twenty three in a game you lose by seven. That sums up Russell Westbrook's night. But Westbrook, notoriously slow starter, yep. notoriously takes a lot of time to readjust with a new team. This is not unexpected. So a lot of people are going to be trashing Russell Westbrook after this game. Fine. He had a trash game. This is by no means an indication of what he's going to be all season. But I will say, Tony, when you start uh, two bigs and you go Davis and DeAndre Jordan as your starters, you're putting Westbrook in that position to not be able to drive. They did a nice job cutting behind him a couple of times. He had a couple of assists uh, early in the game. That was okay. But you take away Russ's superpower right away, his ability to drive to the basket. Yeah, I was surprised they started DeAndre. I know a lot of people who cover the Lakers expected that. Our the Kamenetsky brothers over at Lockdown Lakers kind of discussed starting lineups for the Lakers that had DeAndre in it. You know, I, I get why they did it, but I agree with you 100% that 
a lot of possessions, he starts, you know, on the blocker and the dunker spot, right? And then Russ is already just tossing it to someone else right away. He can't drive. He can't be Russell Westbrook in the pick and roll. He can't beat a defender because he's more athletic than them. It just, it didn't really work. He only had four assists because it was a lot harder for him to create. Whereas I feel like if he's going to be maximized on this team, even though he shouldn't have the ball as much as he had on past teams, he needs to be that facilitator and distributor. And he couldn't do that with the lineups and roles they had. And the Lakers are going to be a constant kind of experiment with how much roster turnover they had. I wouldn't worry about them at all. But yeah, I mean, Russ notoriously starts slow, especially after switching teams. He'll he'll be fine by January. But this certainly, people who doubted the Lakers this game certainly did nothing to dispel all of the things they thought could go wrong for this team. Yeah, this this everything is kind of exactly the way we thought it was going to be. This is everybody take your victory lap on the Lakers after one game because Anthony Davis had to play 39 minutes, which is not ideal. You don't want Anthony Davis coming out of the gate playing 39 minutes. LeBron plays 37. They combined to take 49 shots of the 95 that the Lakers took. Uh, They hit 28 of the 45 shots the Lakers made. And honestly, the, the Warriors ended up kind of, I don't want to say running away with this, but this game wouldn't have even been close if it wasn't for LeBron going nuts as a jump shooter, which we don't see quite as often. 56.5% from the field, 45.5% from three, five of 11. Uh, that, I think, was was – LeBron was really the only reason for a long stretch the Lakers were in it. Anthony Davis was unguardable for stretches, and then all of a sudden he just kind of stopped for stretches. Uh, if it, if it's just going to be like this for for a while, the Lakers are going to have some struggles, I think, getting themselves together. And this whole process of working in Carmelo Anthony, working in Westbrook, work, working in Baysmore, working in all these new guys, uh, that that's going to that's going to be some ups and downs for the Lakers in early going. Yeah, ironically, you mentioned LeBron, first of all. Like, I have to talk about LeBron James while I have the opportunity. His first half was just insane. Like, insane. He had 16-6-2 at one point. My first note about the game just says, LeBron's still awesome. He was was (laughs) 6-7 at that point. Uh, They were kicking butt. So, yeah, he deserves all his flowers. So does Davis. Those those two, none of the questions about the Lakers involve those two guys, right? They're both going to be in the top 10 to 15 players in the league this year, but... Yeah, they, they certainly had a lot of their other issues pop up, like they said. And another question for them is, like, two of the guys they were missing that I want to bring up here, Wayne Ellington and Trevor Ariza, who are both uh, hurt right now, I think are actually kind of helpful for the way that it looks like they're going to play. And, like, Baysmore and, and those two guys, none of them are, like, world beaters, but they really fit with this Lakers team and that they can kind of give you good defense and they can stand behind the three-point line and kind of be a threat. And with Bazemore on the floor, he played over 30 minutes. The Lakers won those minutes by 10 points. They did really well with him out there. So if they have Ariza, who they will probably start and then move DeAndre to the bench, uh, or Ellington or both, they'll look a lot better in just having a more cohesive rotation. So a lot a lot of stuff the Lakers can look at and go, we will be better in the future. But certainly uh, a rough game for a lot of guys for them tonight. Yeah, I think, I think what really makes this game worse for the Lakers is that it immediately played into basically all of the narratives that mm-hmm. we were talking about coming into the season about the Lakers. So when you have all of that, all that does is reinforce the people who said, see, I was right about the Lakers. See, um, and, and 
we don't we don't have any clue about what the Lakers are going to be. Like you said, like in January when Westbrook figures some stuff out and when guys come back and they're not hurt. Uh, but for the Lakers' sake, you can't be playing LeBron and Anthony Davis this many minutes. It's, I know it's early, but you just you can't do it because we've seen the Lakers' chances fall by the wayside late in the season because Davis and LeBron have nagging injuries that take them that, that you know hurt their ability to perform in the playoffs or take them out of playoff games. Lakers, the Lakers can't can't win like that. So gotta watch. I those agree with all that. And I think if we're gonna talk about this game, and if you're gonna talk about any Warriors game, you have to give Steph Curry at least some of your time. And we gave him a little bit, but uh, he was he could not hit a shot to save his life. And he was still massively impactful on his team. His first triple doubles in 2016. They won his minutes despite him shooting five for 21 from the field. So he was still setting up his teammates well, especially down the stretch when she came back in after Poole took over the game. Uh, you never see Steph Curry on the glass, which was which was pretty strange. But yeah, he found ways to help out, even though he couldn't make a shot to save his life. So uh, still a decent Steph Curry game despite him not doing anything. And it makes me uh, very interested to see the Warriors when he is hitting shots because now they have some other threats. Yeah, no, that's right. When Steph Curry beats you and he's not hitting shots, that's that's a tough night for you. Uh, all right, tough night for everybody in Philadelphia, which is problematic for what the Sixers are trying to do. Ben Simmons drama is coming up next. First, I got to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Tony, have you been uh, diving into these Built Bars? Yes, I just got the. Uh... The blueberry muffins in the mail—they are very good. I, I very nice. much enjoy them. Yeah, I go, I go for salted caramel. The beauty of these built bars—they're delicious. They taste like candy bars, but when you're only getting 130 to 180 calories, plus 17 or 18 grams of protein, four or five grams of sugar, four or five net carbs, you can have one as a meal replacement. You can have one as a snack. You can have one after the gym. It's—you know—it's not going to blow out your cardio. You're going to get the protein that you're looking for. It's great. So. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. The beauty of that promo code is that you can use it every single time. It's not going to expire. So go. You want to try the blueberry muffin one like Tony? Go ahead. Give it a shot. You want to try salted caramel like me? Give it a shot. Get a mixed box. Get both of them. So use that promo code LOCK15 to get the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team and of NASCAR. Built.com promo code is LOCKED15. Go to Bet Online to place a wager with a new web interface. Start of basketball season is here. They've got more pop, props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for basketball, football action. You can go sign up today, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Whatever it is that you drop in there, they'll give you 50% of that on top of it as a welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKDOWN. So, whatever sport you want to bet on, basketball, football, Baseball postseason's going on, hockey, UFC, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games on top of all of that. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers there. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Thank you once again for making Lockdown NBA your first listen of the day. How about making your second listen to Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast? If you're trying to win your league, Josh Lloyd is the guy you got to listen to. He is going to help you win your league. 
listen to them every day uh, after you listen to this podcast to, to get all of the tips, who you should be picking up, who you should be dropping. It's, I mean, he is a god amongst uh, fantasy uh, basketball podcasters, so make sure you're checking him out. All right, uh, Ben Simmons suspended for the first game of the season in, in Philly because apparently Doc Rivers wanted to hop into a defensive drill. He said no. Doc says, come on. He says no. And Doc says, all right, get on out of here. And then the internet explodes, and we're back with more Ben Simmons drama. Joel Embiid comes out afterwards and says, I don't care about that man. We're not paid to babysit. Uh, Tony, this feels like Ben Simmons went back to camp to actively just detonate this thing. That being away from it wasn't enough. He said, you know what? I got to get into the middle of this. I got to get my hands dirty and go in there and make them hate me, make them talk about me all the time so I can be the distraction that gets me out of Philly. Yeah, he went He went to the Jimmy Butler plan, right? Yeah. Show up, but but don't show up at the same time, if that makes any sense of I'm here, but I am actively harming the team by being here. And in Shams Trania's report in The Athletic, we read that you know while he was at practice the last two days before this, he was just putting up shots with an assistant coach off to the side while everybody else was doing drills or hopping in and playing defense and stuff like that. So today, Doc finally calls him in, and he's like, no, I'm just over here shooting. So, yeah, clearly even when the other two practices were happening, not really a participant, still a distraction, not communicating with anyone there. So when it finally came time for him to to do something and be involved with the team and, you know, put his face on something that says, yeah, I'm going to participate with the Sixers, he said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I don't blame Doc Rivers at all for saying, okay, then, then get out of here. You know, you're not helping us at all. This is... A huge distraction. I think Joel Embiid summed it up very well. So a situation that looked like it might be trending a little bit better for like two seconds, and we're back to square one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also I don't blame I don't blame Doc really. I mean he he tried and he's everybody knows what's going on, and I'm sure that the Sixers are saying to Ben Simmons or his his agent, you know, look, play nice with us raise his trade value, come on in, play. Let's everybody just just put a smile on our face and get through this. Uh, and, and we can better accommodate what you want if we do this. And his camp is basically saying, nope, no, you can't. We don't want to be here. We do not want to be here. And frankly, you don't want us here. And, and I'll point to Joel Embiid as constantly pouring kerosene on this fire <laughs> because – after the game, uh, after that playoff game, both Doc and Joel Embiid were, were – yes, you can say they were correct, but they shouldn't have said what they said the way they said it. And then over the summer, Embiid, you know, early in training camp, Embiid comes out and he's basically, yeah, I kind of support Ben Simmons, but nah, not really. And so everything Embiid has said has just been – detrimental to Philly's cause. He doesn't want to play with Ben Simmons. They don't like each other. And now it's up to Daryl Morey. Somebody's going to blink in this staring contest. It has to be Daryl Morey, doesn't it? Uh, I think I, I, before today, I would have said it could be Simmons still. Like I, I always thought a plan that made sense to me is like in games, Embiid doesn't play Simmons plays because then he doesn't have to play with the guy he hates. And then he can just show his trade value off on a team with no other stars. But now 
I mean, I think it has to be Maury because there's, you know, S- Simmons and Rivers' relationship probably deteriorates a little bit today. His teammates probably agree with Embiid, if we're being honest, about not wanting to babysit him or deal what? with uh, this every single day. I'm assuming you feel the same way on that topic, right? So the, it, it has to be Maury, right? Like, I, I don't get how... I don't, I don't I don't see what the scenario is unless Ben really cares about the money, even though he's already a billionaire, right? So, I mean, I, I don't see a way that that anyone blinks except for Maury, unless Simmons finally, for some reason, decides, fine, I'll try. But that that doesn't make sense after what happened today. No, and this this is not. I can't I can't imagine Simmons turning around and changing at this point. He's if he was going to come back and play nice, he would have done it from the beginning. He would have right. walked in and, you know, hey, guys, look, I'm sorry. Let's just let's just put this behind us. We know what's going on here. We're, we're good. I'll say what I need to say. You see what you need, you, you, what you need to say, and we'll, we'll move on. But, no, he came in with the express purpose of blowing this thing up. I really feel like that he thought staying at home, and I think I mentioned this with Jake like last week or a couple of weeks ago, Staying at home, out of sight, out of mind, too passive an approach if you really want to get out of town. You, even if they paid him to sit at home, too much time for the Sixers to get harmonious and have their practices and uh, you know just bond over like, hey, we, we're not going to have Ben, so people got to step up. Like there's, there's something to rally around there. And then once they started to do that, Ben, his only play is – you know, walking through that door like he did out of nowhere, be like, "Hey, boys, here I am to screw things up for you." And today, they should have been talking about facing the New Orleans Pelicans, and instead, they were talking about Ben Simmons all day, and that is a major distraction. Doc and and Joel can say, normally under normal circumstances, can say, "Hey, look, we're going to talk basketball." Daryl, you talk about the other stuff, but now they got to talk about that other stuff, and it's going to piss them off. I agree. It's already a distraction for the game. I, the the like the footnote in the in the press release about him being suspended was like they play the Pelicans tomorrow. Like no one even knows they play the Pelicans. It's just that Ben Simmons isn't playing in their first game, right? So that that's a big deal for that game too. Jake Madison, who is normally in my place here, uh, is on Locked On Pelicans. I'm sure he'll have some fun tidbits on that. But yeah, it's just like that's a big deal. That's a decent team. Get a barometer for where you're at. Even if Simmons is just sitting on the bench. Like that's less of a distraction than anything that's happened in the last however many hours. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a, it, it's certainly a big problem now. And, and with Jimmy Butler, the you know <laughs> the Rachel Nichols already being in town always makes that story of him having that crazy practice in Minnesota seem a little bit different. But you know that really accelerated the process of him moving from ironically Minnesota to Philly. So we'll see if. This is not the same, quite the same situation, but similarly, if Ben Simmons accelerating his side can can force the Sixers to make a trade. I, I just don't see how much longer they carry this thing on, man. But but also, just to add this in, games started today. Like teams have gone through camp and like set up their offense and they have their guys and their plan for the season. Like, and you're gonna do this now? Like it's harder to trade you now. All these other teams are are, are locked in and ready to go. So I get who's going to have to blink first, but it might not even be possible. It's so strange. Right. I mean, he's not, he's not going to get traded tomorrow. You're right. Like he's not going to get traded tomorrow. You you really can't get traded until like December and it's still October. So he's really trying to make this, 
difficult. I mean, it, it's going to have to be – it might have to be something sort of – he really may force Maury's hand. My final note on this is this is a critical time for Philly. They are – they're in the waning years of Embiid's ability to, to – I mean, he's still awesome, but – he doesn't have a whole lot of time left at his size, at his level of injury history. Like he doesn't have a whole lot of time left being able to carry an entire team. Meanwhile, the East continues to improve around Philadelphia. They can't be screwing around here with this. This is their chance. Milwaukee. We watched Milwaukee. They look awesome. Brooklyn. We know Brooklyn's going to be fine. We've, we cover teams that are looking to ascend and challenge. Plus, you know, Miami plus Atlanta plus Chicago. All of these teams are gunning for that third seed now because it seems vulnerable. They have to figure this out soon or else they really risk falling apart. And Joel Embiid's not mentally strong enough to me to be able to carry this team through turmoil. Like they are in trouble if they don't fix this soon. I, I, I agree that they'll be in trouble. Uh, there's already questions about what they'll even do in the East this year with Embiid good enough to carry the team, at least like in terms of his play. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that shakes out. And if it gets to a scenario like you know, a, a small-ish subplot of today is at the same time Damian Lillard and Portland being like, okay, yeah, like now I've been here for a few weeks. I love it here. I love Portland. I don't want to leave. Like that was like Maury's big play. <laughs> like there goes that too. So yeah. Th- he might have to settle for parts that don't aren't as good or, or force them to make another trade in the future. Like it, the timeline of this really hurts with Embiid being really good. So yeah, it's all very fascinating. Well, it's not going away anytime soon. So I'm sure other locked on NBA podcasts will have their chance to cover Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons going to be uh, somehow touching all of our podcasts one way or the other. Uh, so thanks to Tony East for filling in for Jake Madison uh, tonight. Uh, Tony at T East NDA on Twitter, host of the Lockdown Pacers podcast. I'm John Corrales, Reds Army underscore John on Twitter, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you are have not, if you're new, and uh, check us out on YouTube and share the podcast. Tell your friends, family, everybody they should be watching and listening to the Lockdown NBA podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.